Hello, you're listening to Dope Comedians, a podcast about comedians who use weed to help with depression and whatever else is going on in life. Subscribe today to listen to subscriber-only episodes and audio, as well as bonus episodes and clips. To gain full access, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube Podcasts. Now, let's get at it. everybody it's your girl marcella riley and i just want to remind y'all that if you like this podcast then please take a moment and go to wherever you're listening to this show and click subscribe and while you're there go ahead and give us a five star rating uh it doesn't take that much time to do but it helps us out so so much so get over there and do it right now uh and also if you want to come get high with us then follow the show on instagram at high hopes live and you can also find me at cool black chick um, I'm still waiting on you to subscribe. I haven't seen it yet. Like where I'm waiting. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Thank y'all. Okay. All right. Enjoy the show. Bye. Welcome to another episode of High Hopes. It's your girl, Cool Black Chick or Marcella. It doesn't matter. You can call me whatever you want. Um, I'm here with, dang, this cool-ass dude that I haven't known for very long. Uh, he's a comedy writer and uh, a comedian, and his name is Jesse Eichner. What's going on? Marcella, really good to be here. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's tell a quick story about how we met. Let's do it. Okay. Do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? You're my guest, so you can tell it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so you and I are both a part of a, a group on Facebook called the uh, LA Underground Stoners Network, I believe it's called. Yes. And uh, we connected on there and you're like, hey, I'm looking to talk to... You actually put out kind of a different re- request and saying, I want to talk to comedians about pot. use for you know medicinal purposes helping with depression etc anxiety and I was like hey you should talk to me about psychedelics because (laughs) I'm I've really gotten into them I think I've become somewhat of an expert on them you definitely are uh thank you I appreciate that (laughs) so uh like I think you actually were maybe well I'll say this you weren't super enthusiastic it wasn't an immediate yes for you it wasn't? No, no. But like you did say yes. <laughs> it was a slow yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like felt like I maybe had to win you over a little bit or something. Oh, and uh, I actually appreciate that. All like right. I, it makes me think like maybe you thought about it, maybe you researched me a little bit, got to know me, and then made a decision yeah. based on like criteria versus. This guy wants to talk about psychedelics. I don't know him <laughs> or anything about him. You sent me a couple. You sent me some links to some videos. Oh yeah, and that's I, true. I watched those. Yeah, yeah. I, definitely. And so, like right around that time, uh, I actually started a new uh, Facebook group as well called the LA Underground Psychedelics Network. Ooh. So can people join the listeners? Be- people can join. I believe if you can't find it. Um, just find me on Instagram or Marcella or send me a message, I guess, probably. And then, like, I'll figure out what I need to do to change the privacy settings. We're not, like, not trying to make you it... probably fo- need to keep it private. Well, well yeah, <laughs> I want to find out, like, how I can 
get people added, like more easily find it, but not see everything until right. I join, like kind of thing. I'm not sure if I'm doing that right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, Ty, where are you from, Jess? Can I call you Jess? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm originally from uh, a small borough <laughs> called West Mifflin, which is a, well, it's actually the largest borough in the the United States. So, but it's a small place, suburban, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, born and raised in the same house for 18 years in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania. And when did you migrate to the West? I came out to, uh, I came out to California right after I graduated high school. So instead of going to college, like I worked through high school and I saved up some money and like met a dude at a comedy convention and he was doing stand-up at the time as well and he ended up being like a super cool dude he was my roommate at the convention they just kind of paired us up and we stayed in touch and um he was like hey uh you know you mentioned that you're thinking about moving out we should be roommates we should do it and I was like hell yeah (laughs) so I came out here I was doing stand-up at home like when I was starting when I was 16 okay cool and like had a pretty nice little run doing stand up, like all of the funny little things that can happen in a small town like Pittsburgh. Yeah. I was in the newspaper and interviewed on TV. Oh, no shit. Yeah, like you know, I like did a radio interview and stuff. So like I thought it was hot shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> big fish, small pond. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But um it was super fun doing stand up and I did it for like two or three years when I moved out here at first as well. This was like a long time ago. I moved out in 2004. So I've actually been out here for a long ass time. Long ass time. Yeah. Yeah. Longer than most people. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Tight. So you brought some good shit. Um, by shit, I mean weed. Yes. Yes, I did. Tell tell us, uh, describe what you have. Maybe I can hold it up for the Instagram oh, yeah. audience I always as well. On Instagram. So I'm not, I, I don't mind smoking pot, but I don't do it regularly. And I actually enjoy vaping more. Um, I just, it's better on my lungs. Yeah. Um, less carcinogens. Yeah. You just basically are getting THC and some CBD. Yeah. And I found that Delta 9... Uh, this is not a paid endorsement, but <laughs> I've tried every cartridge that I could find. I mean, lots of different brands and Delta nine to me or Delta max, excuse me. It is Delta nine, but this is called a Delta max 2.0. And, uh, if you want to take the inaugural hit, it's oh. a brand new cartridge that I just opened up for us. All right. And it's strawberry, strawberry AK. All right, here we go. Cool. I just got, I just had deja vu. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. I can taste the strawberries. You can? I can, yeah. Fucking ice cream truck. <laughs> That's awesome. It's kind of cool we have theme music. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, because I don't want to hear it in this. Um, <laughs> I go out there all the time and tell them to turn it off, because I'm always recording. Um, okay, so this podcast... <coughs> Is about depression. Yes. Right? So we're going to talk about that. And then also, so listeners, we're going to talk about some heavy shit, uh, some DMT. That's the focus of this episode. So if you are not into 
You you should still definitely listen twice (laughs) as much as if you're already into drugs. If you're if you're scared of DMT, you should listen a hundred percent. Listen even more harder, Harder. more intensely. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, I totally bogarted (laughs) you there. But Marcella, I hope I'm not. uh, No, no. but they should. They should. (laughs) All right, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the DMT. Um, Okay, so before we dive into that, because we had a whole experience with it with DMT. so tell me about uh, your uh, how you're dealing with depression. Sure. Um, so and when it started. Yeah, I think that the first time I really identified or was diagnosed as having depression was like after my dad died, when I was 16. Um, like I, I actually went on Prozac for the first time and stayed on it for a while and it didn't do shit. And I kind of just went from being like pretty much a really good kid for the most part. You know, I had a kind of a bad streak in me a little bit, but for all intents and purposes, I was a pretty freaking good kid. And after that, just really started acting out and stuff. But um, I only was like cl- clinically treated for a little while and like ended up moving out to LA and, uh, didn't get treatment or anything. I didn't really believe I was depressed or mm-hmm. anything like that for mm-hmm. a long ass time. And so like, uh, basically most of my twenties were spent, I believe in untreated territory. Right. And so like, I was getting all of this positive feedback in my, like, late teens and 20s of like dude you're so funny you're really talented you're a gifted writer blah 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 and like doing well in acting classes and like getting an agent getting a manager going on sitcom auditions and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. to like Mm -hmm. not being able to keep it together and going into bouts of like deep deep sadness and depression and just odd like not stable behavior like never violent really or anything like that like I've been in a few fights and stuff like that but I was for the most part have felt that I was defending myself but more just like not able to regulate my mood that well Mm -hmm. and um so I ended up leaving the industry at one point and um actually for a long time out here I just worked regular jobs and like had a regular life got married um, you were married. I was married and divorced, and um, I like fell into an amazing like white collar kind of job without a college degree, and earned my degree while I was doing it. But for, for like seven years, I worked in the, the IT consulting space and uh, made great money doing that. Yeah. But like b- back in 2015, I had a a fight with my boss basically not like a just a verbal like dude why are we doing th-? I basically called him out and said I don't understand why we're doing things this way mm-hmm. in the company like it doesn't make sense we could do it this way and this way and he just looked at me and was like well maybe you shouldn't work here anymore and I was like what the fuck are you talking about and so like when he just was that cold with me yeah and like I was a sales guy too so like I was closing shit tons of business for yeah, the company yeah and like some of the sales guys were not and i was like are you fucking retarded like getting rid of your be- best sales guy yeah. but um so modulation of like s- not holding my tongue when i should mm-hmm. was a problem for me and so uh, i got another job pretty quickly and a couple of other jobs but landed at this company called oracle it's like a fortune 100 you know massive it company mm-hmm. and uh 
during that time I got diagnosed with ADHD and I had tried a couple of different antidepressants at different points and they never worked. Um, I went on Adderall through a psychiatrist and that did seem to be making somewhat of a difference in my life, but Mm -hmm. I was still suffering from like severe anxiety and bouts of depression. Mm -hmm. There were times when the bouts of depression weren't there. And finally, okay, what it came down to is I went into a dark place in my life where like I couldn't hold a job anymore. And like, I basically, this is like my first time opening up about this, like on a, on a, like a large scale. Like I've talked to certain friends about it and shit and certain people know it, but I actually don't. I think it's good for people to know. Like, yeah, you know, yeah part of the reason absolutely. I, you got to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is for, to yeah. talk about it, to get it out there. Totally. Yeah. So, like, basically, things were going mildly well at Oracle. I wasn't super happy there. It was kind of a big conglomerate mess that the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing, and I didn't feel like I fit in there. Mm-hmm. But um, the antidepressants that I was taking at the time weren't working. And this is like the fourth or fifth or sixth different antidepressant that I've tried over the years. And I basically called my boss one day after thinking about it and I was laying in bed for two weeks, barely able to get out of bed. I was like pretending to work, like answering emails and shit. Yeah. And it was like really fucking crazy. And I just called him and was like, I can't uh, do this anymore. I can't work here anymore. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was just like, uh, it's not working out. I quit. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and so like, basically I had, uh, some savings and, uh, lasted for a while, but things, you know, got really bad to the point where I had to move in with my old roommates and shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with my life, you know, and everything was kind of spiraling. And I ended up like, well, even before I went moved in with my roommates, I was suicidal at one mm-hmm. point and like in my car crying, freaking out and like, fuck, should I just drive off of a bridge? What the fuck can I do to get rid of this? You yeah. know, was that your first time feeling like that? Um, that you- was the first time it being so serious. Mm-hmm more than an ideation and like I'm in my car wanting to go somewhere, do something Mm -hmm. freaking out, like, you know? And so I called the suicide hotline number and uh, got referred. They said, go to the closest emergency room. Do you feel that you're capable to make it there? And I said, yes. And they said, go there immediately. And so like, I was like, fuck it. I got out of my car, went to the emergency room and uh, they basically held me for like a few hours and like made sure I wasn't going to kill myself. And they were like, well, we don't want to commit you if you're not an immediate threat. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hit this, by the way. Can I do Keep that? Yeah. Don't, you don't have to ask me to take a hit. <sighs> okay. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So um, they basically said you should seek mental health counseling and shit like that and i wasn't seeing a psychiatrist at that time because i had no insurance and honestly the fucking obamacare thing was a joke it was like it was fucked up because like i applied for Mm medi-cal and i did it through a website instead of going to like the welfare office because i didn't know any better Mm -hmm. and they like sent me back this list of paperwork with all of this shit saying like blah 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 and it looks like you make too much money and we need you to prove your income and everything and i'm like fuck so i signed up for obamacare i look for a psychiatrist i called like 20 different providers Mm -hmm. could not get one through obamacare finally i caught i got a guy and it was like in january at that time and it was like yeah i take i take your plan 
I can see you. It was January. He's like, I can see you in July. Yeah. I can see you in July. I was like, I'm a patient. I like, I don't have a doctor anymore. What the fuck am I supposed to do? He's like, I can see you in July. I was like, fuck. (laughs) So I went untreated and it was at this time that I started, uh, messing around with psychedelics and we can dive into that more. Mm -hmm. But, um, I did start experimenting with psychedelics more. I, before that I had done like shrooms one time and smoked some salvia once. And that was like the extent of my experience with psychedelics. Yeah. Um, but so basically what ended up happening is I got evicted from my apartment because like I couldn't function. I was like laying in my bed, like with suicidal ideations and unmedicated, untreated, not knowing how to get help. And like, so somehow somebody told me to go to the welfare office. (laughs) And so like, I was like, okay, fuck it. And I did that. And they basically ask you a question there when you go there and they're like, would you like to sign up for work? help or like you need to let's like welfare to work you need to do it mm-hmm. or do you want mental health treatment and i was like i yes i want mental health treatment like yeah. motherfucker like yeah. i've been trying to get it for six months yeah. and so <laughs> they basically had uh one social worker interview me and took down all of my history and like i have a long history of like i've seen lots of psychiatrists and lots of therapists over the years trying to figure this shit out and uh she referred me to another social worker at a mental health clinic. Uh, and it's downtown mental health. Like this is public services. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to go through like three rounds of interviews with different social workers. And I was like pulling my hair out, like, fuck, can I please talk to a doctor? <laughs> and so finally I did get in uh, a meeting with a doctor and she ended up being like the most amazing psychiatrist <laughs> I've ever dealt with. And like every other shrink has spent like 10, 15 minutes listening to me talk about my shit. She spent 90 minutes and kept letting me talk. Mm. And at the end of her, like her, me discussing all of my medical shit and my history and everything that I've dealt with and gone through, she's like, dude, I'm diagnosing you with bipolar two disorder. Wow. Like you're bipolar buddy. And I was like, uh, at first I was like, I didn't accept it. And I was like, the fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even really ever think about what bipolar was. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I do have a friend. I have a friend who's bipolar, but he's bipolar one. And so bipolar one is like major bouts of mania Mm -hmm. with a little bit of, um, depression whereas bipolar 2 is like long episodes of severe depression and minor episodes of hypomania okay and so when i look back at my life and realize that there were times in my life when i was like spending on a spending spree more than it made sense or like i was uh having crazy thoughts that weren't necessarily achievable in the short term to like sustain me Mm -hmm. financially, Mm -hmm. but may be like great ideas, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like having way too casual sex, then I'm typically comfortable with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, yeah, dude, you're bipolar too. And I was like, holy shit. And so I was like, well, what should I do? And she was like, well, do you feel like you can get a job? And I was like, fuck no. Like I'm sleeping on my friend's couch basically. And Oh yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. Um, basically I was able to go on disability, which was really good news. And this was about a year ago and it took a long time to get on it. But 
like because I worked for all of my life, my disability payments are like actually pretty decent. Yeah. And um I never thought that would happen to me. <laughs> yeah. But uh right now honestly it's like the best thing that ever happened to me because I was desperate and, and yeah. like I mean, I was, I'm being treated. I'm yeah. trying different medications. Um, I'm hoping to go back to work someday. Probably not tomorrow. Sure. I still struggle a lot with different things, sure. but pot and psychedelics both, I think, yeah. have Let's get into that. Let's made a like. huge difference yeah. in like my quality of life, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Hey everybody, this week on repeat, I've got a song by Muramasa called Firefly. Uh, he's a British producer, and um, I don't know, I got this song probably sometime last year. But whenever I have an audition or a, a show, I try to find a song that fits my mood. Um, and so this week I had both a show and an audition. Um, and the mood that I was in was basically this um, <laughs> Just say yes, you'll be my firefly. Uh, I really dig it. Hope you dig it too. And um, stick around for the rest of this episode. Bye. experience because we're uh getting into it um psychedelics uh so i uh have uh over the past few years uh had experience with dmt uh in a very controlled environment and then recently we connected you and i connected and we sort of we started talking about it again uh or i started talking about it again i hadn't talked about it since i had done it and so uh talking to you made me remember that and so I was like, oh, shoot, my birthday is coming up. And I didn't do anything for, like, I'm not planning to do anything for my birthday. So, like, this would be, like, if I could just get, like, a little cool DMT party, like, for my birthday. Hell yeah. Um, And so I reached out to uh, my friend uh, who facilitated uh, the first uh, several, actually, all the times I've ever done it has facilitated. Uh, And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So invite a small group of people. Um, Jesse was one of those people, you're, you're, you were the first person I invited because you're the one who inspired the thought or the idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you again so much. I really (laughs) had a great time. It was super fun. Yeah. Um, so let's explain DMT. I'll let you kind of explain like quickly what DMT is. It's something that we, well, it's debatable that we naturally have it. They said rats have it for sure, right? We definitely have it in okay. our brain. It's, it's something natural yeah. that gets released uh, usually when you're about to die? There, That's debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was listening to a, a podcast, I think, with, I want to say Rick Straussman, uh, but that could be wrong. But I think it was with him. And he, he said, look, there's no real hard evidence that it releases a death. Okay. But it may be associated with certain states. Right. But we produce it in minuscule amounts compared to. Right. You know. 
And it's also, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, um, uh, what's that shit called? Ayahuasca? It's one of the main active ingredients in right. ayahuasca. But instead of taking it with an MAOI inhibitor and drinking it, and having like a six hour long trip, uh, when you do like DMT, uh, it, you, you vape it basically is what it comes down to. You vaporize it and smoke it and hold it in your lungs and you blast off for like a 10 minute session. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we, this, this night was pretty amazing. It, it was kind of rainy not kind of it was raining like the whole mood was sort of set by like the the temperature everything outside the weather uh and i felt that inside um even the mood leading up to like us sitting down on the couch we all just kind of sat like naturally like almost uniform around the, the couch um and i i realized when i was going to go first because i was like the, you know like the first i was like oh shoot I'm the first one like in the line of the couch, so I'm gonna go and do it first. Um, so uh, I take the first hit, and when my friend tells me to, uh, this is the, uh, we combine it with wheat, with, uh, there's like a layer of wheat, and then the DMT, and then another layer of mm -hmm. wheat. Um, Which I recommend mixing DMT, like, like being high when you do DMT. So that was, so. we did the good way. That was it. Well, doing it that way is fine. It seemed to work great. Yeah. I blast it off like yeah. all the way. But when I've done it other times, I've used it like a special pipe where you just vaporize the powder mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. smoke the powder, which it, you know, either way is great. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it that way too. Cause I didn't know. I've had a lot, lots of different experiences, but this one was very special in particular. Um, so, uh, the, the second time I took a hit, my friend, I could hear them counting uh, and hold it one, two, three, and then they just faded away. They faded away, and then I just remember. And you, I, you can tell me what you saw because I have no clue afterwards. But I just, I, I think I started laughing, and then I just disappeared into some oblivion that was like, it, like it was fast, and maybe there's like a. It felt like almost like a roller coaster. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then I kept, it felt like, and I think it was my friend sitting next to me. I think, uh, I, I thought that um, she was like celebrating my happiness <sighs> and like, cause I was, whatever I was experiencing, it was really fun. Right. And I thought she was like, yay, that's cool. Because <laughs> um, I felt someone near me. She was like enjoying her trip, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, as I started to come to, I was laughing and I was like, oh my God, that was wild. And everyone else in the room, you guys all were like kind of cheering also. And I literally thought in my mind that you guys had watched my entire trip uh, and were just celebrating me. So I didn't know the listeners. Oh so we, like I took a hit and then my friend took a hit, then my other friend took a hit, then my other friend. And then, so it's like a chain of us. So I, I was the first one to go. So I didn't see any of you guys take the hit. So that's how I, that's why I didn't know. And so I kind of came to, and then my friend who uh, gave me the hit um, pointed in a direction. And then I looked into that direction and then I fell in again, but I fell into like a cloud. It was almost like a, with the door in it, a cloud. I don't know. It was weird. 
And then again, like another roller coaster, but like crazy vivid lights, just like, and it was just going super duper fast. Wow. And then when I finally fully came through, uh, or like came to and was like back to my senses, uh, I just, everyone, everyone was just like so fucking happy. And then I think after I came, everyone slowly after that, like, also came out of the trip so we kind of came out almost at the same time is what i remember which was it was so beautiful to watch that like that unison that we were in yeah yeah that's interesting that you thought uh we were <laughs> celebrating your i was i was like oh my god they're so happy for me i was making it about you marcel <laughs> <laughs> but you were the last to go so you saw all of us Right. Um, I was the second. Oh, you okay? To last, uh, your other friend. What was his name again? Let's not say. Oh names. yeah, let's not say names. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I was the second to last to go. So, what did what did you see up? I guess to that point. Um, like the f- uh, before doing DMT that time or that night. What did I see? That night, like just leading, yeah. For that night, yeah. Okay. Well, the first, I, I did it twice that night. Mm-hmm. And the first time I didn't break through, like, and have one of these experiences where you interact with entities, mm-hmm. you know, like things that really look like they are intelligent, sentient beings that are, you know, in front of you and spinning off information. Uh, so the first time was just more of like, warmth and light and love and peace and meditation and the second time like felt uh, like my entire body turned into an energy being yeah like kind of like if you see these alex gray paintings that he does or Mm -hmm. alex gray artwork i don't know if he uses a computer but it's still stunning work yeah and like so yeah my whole body felt like a, a, a zooming with light and energy and then i f- was humming because i really believe in humming and singing while you're on it because it even helps you to remember to breathe because the only reason you may you may forget to breathe because you're in such astonishment that you've been teleported to this <laughs> other place and so uh humming helps you remember to breathe it calms you down i think that's why the ayahuascaros do it and so i just laid on the floor and this dragon insectoid thing uh, flew in front of my face and it had uh, a brain that had infinite intelligence spinning <laughs> from it. And, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely eye opening. And I can say more about it, but <laughs> eye opening is the one word that I would definitely use. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I did get sick. I don't know if you do you are you aware that I threw up uh, an entire month's worth of food? Whoa! Uh, I thought me I did know that you were in the bathroom, and <laughs> I kind of thought you were sick, but I'm not sure how much I knew. And then I thought it may have been from drinking, not necessarily the ayahuasca. Yeah. What, that's what I thought the too, DMT. but I, well, I don't think I drink that much, but everything that I threw up didn't feel like it was me. Like it didn't feel like it was free. It felt like it was someone else's stuff that I was throwing up because what triggered it was that someone started talking 
I think someone, as we all came to, someone started talking and it made me feel nauseous, really nauseous. Oh no, I hope it wasn't me. At a, one of them was you. It was oh, no. for sure. I remember it. Oh no. And that, well, that's when I caught that it was people talking that made me nauseous. So I know. I'm not I'm saying I'm sorry. throwing up any I'm of your sorry. stuff. <laughs> but that's what it didn't feel like. And then all the, and then my friend was also in the bathroom with me and she was like, oh my God, you threw up way more than you ate. Like it just wasn't, it was like, and I'm a small person. Yeah. Well, maybe it, you were having a religious experience of some sort. The per, La Perga, they call it. <laughs> Whatever it is, it felt like that came up. La, La Perga. Um, it was, I threw up twice. And that's why it was even more crazy. Um, the second time is, I think, when you went into your second trip. Mm. Um, what, do you, what do you remember going into your second trip? I smoked it. Um fell onto the floor mm-hmm. and like in a, I, I could guide my body. I didn't mm-hmm. like fall uncontrollably. I like wanted to move to the ground. Mm-hmm. So I did that comfortably. So I remember saying that. Yeah. And then I like saw this sentient, you know, <laughs> machine. I would call it a machine elf of sorts. I think that Terrence McKenna's description in that way is somewhat accurate. Um, and I started screaming out of like, uh, it was ecstatic. It was like, you know, whoa, like uh, being on the best roller coaster. And <laughs> and that is my takeaway from DMT. I don't, I've never done ayahuasca yet. So I've only experienced the 10 minute DMT flash. And I don't know how much therapeutic benefit I believe one can get from it as compared to like, I think the most therapeutic trip personally is an LSD trip. And that's why a lot of people steer away from it. Uh, high doses of LSD is because they're afraid of themselves. Ooh, <laughs> are you afraid of yourself? No, I do high do- <laughs> I do high doses of LSD uh, <laughs> once a month. Okay. Yeah. So you face yourself. Yeah. Once a month. Yeah, it's really helped me a ton. I love doing high doses of LSD, but only like once a month. I have no desire or need to do it more than that. That's crazy. All this shit, it scares me because it's like you can go so deep into it that you don't even realize that you're deep in it. That's a good thing. (laughs) How so? (laughs) You got to lose the small self sometimes in order to connect with the big self. And when you let go. Like I uh, actually only did like 150 mics a couple of weeks ago of LSD. And, uh, I thought I would have a small trip, but I ended up like having several occasions where I had to let go in order for the trip to continue. And so I released my identity (laughs) and you do fade into nothing. You do. (laughs) It is scary, but you flash back. It's like, so like you always come back. So it's like for a moment, you are the white well, what light. What if you don't come back is then what I'm saying. Then you are the white light. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just so trippy. Um, the only other thing. Okay. So the, the very first time I did DMT, it, the what I felt at the end of it was love. Like the universe loved me. Like I finally knew what love felt like. And that feeling of love like carried on for probably a good week and then eventually like life just beat it out of me but uh with this trip I didn't have that like it it was kind of like I just already knew 
I don't know. It's like I was already hip to it, or I don't know. I don't even know if that's what it was, but like I didn't feel that. I didn't feel like that long, like long lasting, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um. What about you? Um. My long psychedelic trips are always the most therapeutic. Um. You know, it's been mostly LSD. I have experimented with some other stuff, but like the one I'll say, because most people would know it is like psilocybin mushrooms. And I actually did a, a dose of those, uh, about a week ago and it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> the, the difference that I would say between LSD and psilocybin is that LSD is for learning about the self and the unfolding of the self and these different parts of you that you didn't know about and can explore and like do surgery on yourself maybe Ooh. in some metaphysical way, yeah. you know, like you really do unfold into a different type of being. And oh my God. It, that is, so yeah, it's super, <laughs> like transformer. yeah, yeah, totally, totally like that. Um, but it's psilocybin on the other hand is in my opinion, it's like, communicating with an alien intelligence it's very apparent that there's uh the presence of the other like these visualizations and this music and these intellectual entanglements that you end up in don't seem self-manifested they really seem like other beings sharing this ancient knowledge or wisdom yeah. i'm not saying they are necessarily <laughs> i'm just describing how the experience yeah fuels for me yeah um, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, in between us communicating, you mentioned, uh, something about making some beats. Oh yeah. So the last time I did psilocybin mushrooms, uh, I didn't have music on, which I highly recommend. This is another Terrence McKenna recommendation. I've listened <laughs> to like over 50 hours of Terrence McKenna lectures, but he, um, talks about, how you should do psychedelics high dosage in the dark alone with no music. And so I did that. I didn't do as high a dose as he recommended this time, or I've never have, but I will someday. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I started hearing orchestras play uh, exotic, multi-leveled, you know, full orchestrations. And then like at one point I was like, fuck, I got to, get my phone out and record this i can't let it go and so like i'm hearing the like the horns and the saxophone and the drums and and i'm trying to get all of this down and do the different parts of it and keep timing and rhythm and i'm not a musician at all <laughs> and like this was three or four different songs that came to me and so i'm like holy shit does this mean i need to look, go like buy pro <laughs> go buy pro tools and get a keyboard and learn how to bang out these rhythms <laughs> you know i don't know <laughs> that's pretty crazy yeah that's crazy um <laughs> is there any um any last thing you want to add about uh our journey that weekend um maybe that didn't happen there but after you left or um before well i guess one observation that i had okay doing psychedelics for me in an environment with other people is inherently challenging so i felt like everybody was super cool and i felt really comfortable there and so that made it worth it but for anybody doing dmt or trying it out definitely make sure you trust the people that you're with don't go at it so much with a party mindset 
don't go so much at it as like looking for super enlightenment for, for DMT specifically look at it as I want to have a thrill of a lifetime eye-opening experience. Don't go in it with, uh, with fear. That's one thing that Terrence McKenna did that I didn't like is kind of, uh, hype it up so much as like riding the big wave, which believe me, it is, it's the most profound experience you'll ever have truly, but there's nothing to be afraid of. There's really not. <laughs> there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, I like that. Um, tell me what your this show is called. High hopes. What are your high hopes? Uh, I think my high hopes, or at least, or hope. Yeah, my my biggest high hope is to, uh, I think, direct movies. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It sounds it sounds so crazy and big, uh, but like, uh, I obsess over it. <laughs> that means that you're the best person for the job. <laughs> that, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, I would just, I want to, I think I was telling you this at the party um, last or a few days ago where um, uh, basically what I think movies are about is trying to try, uh, trying deliberately to get the audience to react, to feel to have emotions at certain points while they're in the audience. Yeah. And like, that's in my opinion, why Tarantino is so good is because he gets you going. You're like this for a little bit. And then you're like, ah, for, for a uh -huh. minute. And then sometimes you are like, holy fuck, <laughs> holy shit. That's so intense, man. And so like, I really feel called to fill, uh, you know, theaters <laughs> up with people and I, I want to more than anything. I want to make them cry, like have a catharsis. But I want to. I want them to have other emotions too. But I want them to walk out of my movies going like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Ripping their shirts off and screaming out, you know, kneeling down, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Jesse, I believe you are gonna fucking do it. Like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, I, you just sound so fucking passionate about it. Like that right there. Um, like, I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. Like, when is it going to happen? When's your, when's your movie coming out? Uh, when, so speaking of movies, uh, let's, let's go ahead and plug things. You're going to plug your movie? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I did just write a pilot um, not too long ago. I haven't shopped it. It's kind of a first draft. And um, I may shop it in a future iteration. If but there's I'm, anyone listening that could help, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. And uh, call it out <laughs> into the universe. Yeah, call it out in the universe. Uh, and uh, I'm working on a book as well. Ooh. Writing a book. Can we know the title? Uh, the working title is A Psychedelic Life. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, more about my experiences doing psychedelics. If uh, anybody, and, and uh, so I'm a big advocate for policy reform. And, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing maybe a path that's starting on the local level with decriminalization mm -hmm. so that all of us that use psychedelics can feel comfortable walking around knowing that the LAPD aren't going to harass us and take us in for having a few hits of acid or a small bag of mushrooms mm -hmm. or a small bag of DMT. 
Um, because, you know, if you look at the statistics and the amount of people that end up in the emergency room every year for alcohol related deaths or, you know, alcohol related things compared to, uh, psychedelics, you know, how many people end up in the emergency room every year directly related to specifically psychedelic use. It's like in the tens or dozens or something like that, Uh, you know, sure. There's some risk. If you know, you have a history of schizophrenia in your family, there is some evidence to suggest that you should potentially steer clear of it. But there's other people that say, go Go do it. (laughs) Go do it. So, Uh, um, yeah, uh, I definitely think we got to decriminalize. Um, I have a dream to take, uh, (laughs) I have a, a dream to take, DMT down a skid row and edge out the crack market with DMT, which is non-addictive. It doesn't have withdrawal symptoms. It's basically meditation on steroids. And I'm just going to, I I encourage somebody. This is one of my crazy ideas. I realized I told you this too. I'm an idea generator. So I'm not an executor. I don't, I'm not good at getting ideas done. So I need to, (laughs) I need to get people to pay me for my ideas. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And you're just going to tour yeah. around America and just like someone walks into a tent. Yes. Like, Give me an idea. When I saw Terrence McKenna, I was like, oh, my God, best job ever. <laughs> Do lots of DMT and tour the country talking about doing lots of DMT. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's pretty tight. I think that is a great note to end on. Totally. Um, I'm your girl, Marcella or cool black chick, whatever you want to call me. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's Marcella again. I just noticed that some folks still haven't subscribed to the podcast. So I just want to remind y'all to do that. Um, it only take a few seconds. Just go wherever you're listening to High Hopes and click subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And then come get high with us on Instagram. You can follow us at High Hopes Live. And you can also find me at Cool Black Chick. And I appreciate you for listening to this whole episode uh you rock and enjoy life (laughs) bye Thank you for listening to Dope Comedians. Subscribe now to access bonus episodes, clips, and audio. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube Podcasts. And follow us on social media at Dope Comedians. Until next time, live long and slay.